0: Chapter 21, Doc Spencer's Surprise Out on the main road, a line of about 20 cars and lorries was parked bumper to bumper and the people were standing about in groups laughing and talking about the astonishing sight they had just witnessed. Come along now, Sergeant Samways called, striding toward them Get going get moving we can't have this you're blocking the highway nobody ever disobeyed sergeant samways and soon the people were drifting back to their cars and getting in in a few minutes they were too they were all gone only the four of us were left now doc spencer sergeant samways my father and me Well, Willem, Sergeant Samway said, coming back from the road to join us beside the pumps. Them pheasants was the most astonishing sight I ever seed in my entire life. It was lovely, Doc Spencer said, just lovely. Didn't you enjoy it, Danny? Marvellous, I said. Pity we lost them my father said. It was near broke my heart when they all started flying out of the pram. I knew we'd lost them then. But how in Evans' name did you ever catch them in the first place? asked Sergeant Samways. How did you do it, Willem? Come on, man, let me in on the secret. My father told him. He kept it short. But even then, it made a fine story. And all the way through it, the sergeant kept saying, Well, I never. Well, I'll be blowed. You could knock me down with a feather, stone the crows, and things like that. And when the story was finished, he pointed his long policeman's finger straight at my face and cried, Well, I'll be jiggered. I never would have thought a little nipper like you could come up with such a fantastical brain wave as that. Young man, I congratulate you. He'll go a long way, young Danny Will. You see if he doesn't, Doc Spencer said. He'll be a great inventor one day. To be spoken about like that by the two men I admired most in the world after my father made me blush and stutter, and as I stood there, wondering what on earth I was expected to say in reply, a woman's voice behind me cried out, Well, thank goodness that's over at last. This, of course, was Mrs Grace Clipstone, who was now picking her way cautiously down the caravan steps with young Christopher in her arms. "'Never in my life,' she was saying, "'have I seen such a shambles as that.' The little white hat was still perched on the top of her head and the prim white gloves were still on her hands. "'What a gathering,' she said, advancing towards us. "'What a gathering we have here of rogues and varmints.' "'Good morning, Enoch.' "'Good morning to you, Mrs Clipstone,' Sergeant Samway said. "'How's the baby?' my father asked her. "'The baby is better, thank you, William,' she said, "'though I doubt he'll ever be quite the same again.' "'Of course he will,' Doc Spencer said. "'Babies are tough.' "'I don't care how tough they are,' she answered." How would you like it if you were being taken for a nice quiet walk in your pram on a pretty autumn morning and you were sitting on a lovely soft mattress and suddenly the mattress comes alive and starts bouncing you up and down like a stormy sea. And the next thing you know there's about a hundred sharp curvy beaks poking up from underneath the mattress and pecking you to pieces." The doctor cocked his head over to one side, then to the other, and he smiled at Mrs. Clipstone. "'You think it's funny?' she cried. "'Well, just you wait, Dr. Spencer, and one night I'll put a few snakes or crocodiles or something under your mattress. And see how you like it. Sergeant Samways was fetching his bicycle from beside the pumps. Well, ladies and gents, he said, I must be off and see who else is getting into mischief round here. I'm truly sorry you were troubled, Enoch, my father said, and thanks very much indeed for the help. I wouldn't have missed this one for all the tea in China, Sergeant Samway said. But it did sadden sadden me most terrible, Willem, to see all those lovely birds go slipping right through our fingers like that. Because to my mind, there don't exist a more luscious dish than roasted pheasant anywhere on this earth. "'It's going to sadden the vicar a lot more than it saddens you,' said Mrs Clipstone. "'That's all he's been talking about ever since he got out of bed this morning. "'The lovely roast pheasant he's going to have for his dinner tonight.' "'He'll get over it,' Doc Spencer said. He will not get over it and it's a rotten shame, Mrs. Clipstone said, because now all I've got to give him are some awful frozen fillets of cod and he never did like cod anyway. But, my father said, surely you didn't load all those pheasants into the pram, did you? You were meant to keep at least a dozen for you and the vicar. Oh, I know that, she wailed. But I was so tickled at the thought of strolling calmly through the village with Christopher sitting on a 120 birds. I simply forgot to keep any back for ourselves. And now, alas, they're all gone. And so is the vicar's supper. The doctor went over to Mrs. Clipstone and took her by the arm. You come with me, Grace, he said. I've got something to show you." He led her across to my father's workshop, where the big doors stood wide open. The rest of us stayed where we were and waited. Good grief, come and look at this, Mrs. Clipstone called from inside the workshop. Willem, Enoch, Danny, come and look. We hurried over and entered the workshop. It was a great sight. Laid out on my father's bench, amid the spanners and wrenches and oil rags, were six magnificent pheasants, three cocks and three hens. There we we are, ladies and gentlemen, said the doctor, his small wrinkled face beaming with delight. How's that? We were speechless. Two for you, Grace, to keep the vicar in a good mood. Doc Spencer said, two for Enoch for all the fine work he did this morning, and two for William and Danny, who deserve them most of all. What about you, Doctor? My father asked. That doesn't leave any for you. My wife has enough to do without plucking pheasants all day long, he said, and anyway, who got them out of the wood in the first place? you and Danny but how on earth did you get them my father asked when did you nab them I didn't nab them the doctor said I had a hunch what sort of a hunch my father asked it seemed fairly obvious the doctor said that some of those pheasants must have gobbled up more than one raisin each some if they were quick enough might have swallowed half a dozen each or even more, in which case they would have received a very heavy overdose of sleeping pills and wouldn't ever wake up. Aha! we cried, of course, of course! So while you were all so busy driving the birds onto old Hazel's Rolls Royce, I sneaked in here and had a look under the sheet in the bottom of the pram. And there they were. Amazing," said Sergeant Samways. "Absolutely amazing." These were the greedy ones," the doctor said. "It never pays to eat more than your fair share." Marvelous," my father said. "Well done, sir." Oh, you lovely man!" cried Missus Clipstone, flinging an arm round the tiny doctor and giving him a kiss on the cheek. Now come along, the doctor said to her, I'll drive you home. You can leave this crazy perambulator where it is and Enoch will take your birds with us and drop them off at your house on the way. We can't have the arm of the law cycling through the village with a brace of pheasants slung over the handlebars. I am very much obliged to you, Doctor, Sergeant Samway said. I really am. My father and I loaded four of the pheasants into the doctor's car. Mrs Clipstone got into the front seat with the baby and the doctor sat himself behind the wheel. Now don't be sad, William, he said to my father through the window as he drove off. It was a famous victory. Then Sergeant Samways mounted his bicycle and waved us goodbye and pedalled away down the road in the direction of the village. He pedalled slowly and there was a certain majesty in the way he held himself, with the head high and the back very straight, as though he were riding a fine thoroughbred mare instead of an old black bike.